This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Air Force Association is actually older than the Air Force itself. As it celebrates 75 years in business, the association is dealing with an Air Force facing a lot of challenges. Joining me with an update, the chairman of the board of the Air Force Association, Gerald Murray. Mr. Murray, good to have you on. It's great to be with you. Thank you. I was surprised to find that the association is, at least by a few months, older than the Air Force. Give us the history there. Yes, the Air Force, as we know, was created uh, 1947 was the official date uh, when it was declared separated from the United States Army. The year prior to that, and actually about two years prior to that, was when uh, the General Hap Arnold, who was the commander of the Army Air Corps uh, at the time, decided that he needed a separate organization to be able to support and advocate for the Department of the Air Force, and thus uh, directed uh, the creation uh, there, if you will, of the Air Force Association and asked General Jimmy Doolittle, Medal of Honor recipient, if he would take the lead. And then from that began the creation and all. And then our incorporation was in the District of Washington on February the 4th, 1946. Got it. So the association was there and ready when the Air Force itself was officially declared. It already had an association to help, as you say, advocate and make sure it got the resources it needed. That's correct. Much of that goes back even earlier than that. In fact, we look at the fact that General Billy Mitchell, who we know was a, such a strong proponent after World War One, is who we look at as really the creation and, the, and advocating so strongly for a separate forces uh, there. It was actually then after that that General Arnold actually took the action. And the first thing he did was actually take and separate a magazine that had been supporting the Army Air Corps and move it out and provide it to the civilian organization uh, that really started this uh, also the great uh, magazine we continue to have today, the Air Force magazine itself. So that was really the formation of it, of having the ability to educate, communicate. And a big part of it, too, is that if you go back into World War II, the separations of tens of thousands of really closer to a million uh, airmen that had served so gallantly in World War II. A big part of it, too, is the opportunity to have an organization, uh, as uh, Jimmy Doolittle said, to keep the gang together. So it really started the grassroots aspect of this, to be able across America to have an organization that fellow airmen could join together in, uh, and at the same time to take on a mission of continuing to be the supporters for the young Air Force uh, that has continued to today to where now we're the voice, if you will, uh, in strong proponents of both the air and the space forces uh, with the creation of the new space force today. Yeah, that points to a big issue here. In the late 40s, the Air Force was just beginning to deal with jet propulsion, much less with space. And today, of course, it's obviously all jets. Well, mostly. There's still a few props here and there, turboprops. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as you mentioned, space. And so from the standpoint of the association, what are the big challenges the Air Force itself has as we enter the middle, I guess, almost of the uh, 21st century? Well, clearly from a Department of Air Force today, it is now birthing the new Space Force, a, a young force and so much to be able to do. Really at the hub of that, of course, now is taking what has been a single budget, uh, if you will, 
and uh, and now seeing it being able to be divided and it has been through by command structure but now uh, it's really a, a daunting aspect of being able to take you know a budget with a single military department to understand the need to be able to recapitalize the forces and now we've been talking for a long time uh, you know really since the late 1990s and early 2000s about the air force itself has been flying the oldest aircraft uh, in their history that need for recapitalization is still there i mean we're seeing you know now uh, things like the new B-21 uh, uh, bomber, uh, you know, newer aircraft and all, but at the same time, we're still flying B-52s uh, out there that, you know, were developed back in the 1950s. In fact, I think a couple of them maybe still flying since then. So you take that, uh, the tankers, uh, the F-16s, others are there. So really taking and being able to recapitalize that fleet. The other side of that is that it's the fewest aircraft that the Air Force has ever had. But at the same time, the need to invest in smarter uh, capabilities, invest in our people and our families, uh, command and control, and then you take it over into space. Uh, the, the need to innovate uh, and to be able to continue to be able to develop and stay ahead of you know our enemies or you know potential enemies and uh, those peers out there uh, are just huge challenges uh, that where we need to be able to have the right resources for both our air and our space forces in the Department of the Air Force today. We're speaking with Gerald Murray. He's chairman of the board of the Air Force Association, and you had an Air Force career yourself, so you have been on the inside. What does it take to be an outstanding airman in this century? Well, I would tell you, it starts at one of the heart of what we do is that the education is that professional development. Uh, the you know, you have a, a short span of time, uh, and I can say today with 30 years of service time and beyond that that time frame is a continued development of, of individuals' capabilities of being able to have the things that motivate airmen to be able to serve. But it's about development, making sure that we have the most developed, highly trained, skilled forces that we can possibly have in the services today. That's what we advocate for, and that's what we do in, you know, the multi multiple uh, avenues that we have through our forums, uh, our conferences, symposiums. We continue to do that in ways that helps the Air Force and Space Force develop the most capable uh, airmen that we can have in the service. And what kind of work do you do on the Hill? Because ultimately that's where the money decisions get made and to some degree the force size and other operational decisions can get made. How do you interact up there? It's education. Our advocacy is one of to being able to, one, build relationships. We all recognize how important relationships are. And so as we work hard to be able to have relationships with our congressional leaders across the nation, uh, with their staffers uh, there, is to be able to inform them, if you will, again, about the, the needs of our air and space forces. So as we continue to do that on the Hill, is uh, again, helping to get the word out to them and to help them understand why the need of the forces are so important. And a constant for all of the armed services is the need to recruit and retain, but you can't retain until you can recruit. And so what's your best selling point for someone, a young man or woman, that decides maybe the Air Force is for me? I think it's about service. 
service to our nation. Of course, youngsters, uh, in a lot of ways, they want to look at uh, what you know, pay, uh, benefits that they get. Uh, the education uh, benefits are very important, uh, of course, as provided uh, that uh, our congressional leaders uh, have uh, always supported in a great way, and so those are things. But uh, the other is is that to know how important it is uh, to have you know and provide service to our nation. You know, the other is is across all of our services. You know, not only do we need great airmen and guardians, but the same thing of soldiers, sailors, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, and others, uh, even the civilians to serve our nation. And I think that's the thing that is most important to always put it to forefront of how important it is 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 to provide service to our nation. Gerald Murray is chairman of the board of the Air Force Association. Thanks so much for joining me and best luck on the next 75 years. Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you and I appreciate the opportunity for the Air Force Association to tell our story just a little bit as well. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.